Hey everyone, welcome back to Words in Season. Today we are in episode 10 and I'm going to talk about the goodness of God. God is so good and His Son Jesus came to give me a quality of life that is full of joy, peace, grace, strength, everything that God is. That goodness is the part of the good news that I want to look into in this week's episode. I want to look at a few questions today. How do we define goodness? like this next fruit of the spirit we're gonna talk about. How does the world standard of good compare with God's standard of good? And what does the goodness of God look like in my life today? Have you ever thought to yourself, God is the ultimate creative? I wonder what that would look like in Christian music. Well, look no further than the episode notes of Words in Season. You can see a link that says Jams for the Week, and it will take you to Spotify playlists that are super fun, uplifting, and bring a unique creativity to Christian music. And of course, they're all word-based as well. Music is a great way to get God's Word into you, so check them out while you're going about your week. And don't forget, come back every Thursday for new episodes to hear what the Lord has put on my heart for you. Thank you for listening, y'all, and sharing on social media how the Lord has blessed you through this podcast. Last week, I talked about God's kindness. We looked at the kindness that Jesus extended to the woman of Samaria at the well. Jesus redefined her value with his kindness. He did this in five ways that we looked at, that he spoke to her first He allowed himself to associate with a person that no one in his family, no one in his culture, no one in his religion would have ever talked to. He asked her for a drink, showing her that he needed something from her, and it made him vulnerable. She could have said no, but it was what opened her heart to him, and he tenderly exposed this brokenness in her life with the one intention of leading her to repentance, not to make her feel bad, not to condemn her, but to lead her to the Messiah, to the living water that he talked about. And he revealed his deity and salvation to her. He told her, I am the Messiah. Whereas in other passages that we see in the Bible, when the different Pharisees or different leaders asked him who he was, He never said because they were asking him in pride, and she asked in humility. So it was because of this kindness that her heart was opened to the Messiah, to Jesus. It is this kindness that led her to repentance. So this is just one of the examples of moral excellence and flawless character that Jesus possesses. Jesus had struggles, and he wasn't an emotionless robot. But he always portrayed his father in all he did. So let's talk about the goodness of God. As Jesus portrayed it on the earth, we can see what our father is like. So we're going to talk about the goodness of God, the fifth fruit of the spirit. So go with me to John 10.10. Jesus here is stating his purpose, life. He is life and he came to give us that same quality of life that God has. So John 10, 10 in God's word translation says, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came so my sheep will have life and so they will have everything they need. There's been times in my life 
when I was confused, when tragedy struck my friends or my family, or when things that I didn't think should happen, like why do bad things happen to good people? I was confused and it made me question, why God? On my journey with the Lord now, I can see two things so clearly. If it brings life, it's from God. If it brings death, it's not from God. It's just like it said in John 10.10. It comes from the thief, which we know is the enemy, the devil. So if it brings health, healing, peace, joy, strength, if it adds to my life, it's from God. If it brings death, fear, anxiety, sickness, division, strife, or if it takes from me, it's not from God. As I build an authentic relationship with the Father God through His Word, spending time with others, studying it, and just getting to know Him better, I see that He is the definition of goodness. And it is when I fully rely on Him as Savior and Lord That's when I get to experience that in its fullness, in the full intention of what He sent His Son Jesus for. It reminds me of a story that's told in three Gospels. And I want to look at Mark's account of the rich young man who came to Jesus. In Mark 10, 17-23 in the Phillips translation, the story goes, As Jesus began to take the road after welcoming the children, A man came running up to him and fell at his feet and asked him, Good master, what must I do to be sure that I have eternal life? And Jesus returned and said, I wonder why you call me good. No one is really good, only God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your mother and father. And Master, he replied, I have kept carefully all these since I was quite young. And Jesus looked steadily at him, and his heart warmed towards him. Then he said, There is one thing you still want. Go and sell everything you have, and give the money away to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven. Then come back and follow me. And at these words, his face fell, and he went away in deep distress, for he was very rich. Then Jesus looked around at all of them and said to his disciples, How difficult it is for those who have great possessions to enter the kingdom of God. So from this story, I can see from the words of Jesus that he's just locating the man's heart. He's not telling him that wealth or riches are evil or bad. It's, you know, we know that money's just a tool, and it's a tool that's best used when it's for the kingdom. But Jesus is shining light onto the priorities and the treasures of this man. Also, Jesus could tell where this man's trust was. He was telling this man, you're either going to have to call me good, or you're going to have to call me God. It's the same of saying, you can't just call me Savior, but not call me Lord. This man was poor in trust even though he was rich in earthly goods. So Jesus is telling us that God's goodness cannot be compared with man's standard of goodness. God's ways are so much better. The rich young man that came with his goodness and his righteousness, he expected a reward for what he was doing. He kept all the commandments and he was so proud to tell Jesus that. But it says that Jesus looked at him, his heart warmed towards him, 
Some translation says that he saw him in, with compassion or he loved him and told him to do this hard thing to sell all of his, his earthly goods. And he was doing it because he wanted this rich young man to experience the true goodness of God. Once you have an appetite for more of him, nothing else can satisfy like that. He would never be able to truly taste the goodness of God until he fully trusted on the Lord. Jesus wanted to whet this man's appetite for God's goodness. Psalms 34.8 in the Amplified Classic says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord our God is good. Blessed, happy, and fortunate, and to be envied is the man who trusts and takes refuge in him. Those that take refuge in him, those that look to him and trust in him 100%, then we really get to see how good that God is. That's when whenever we can lean back and say, God, regardless of what's going on in my life, regardless of how much money I have or don't have, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's in my life or who's not in my life because it's you. It's all about you. And the more that we can rely on him and see that, the more goodness we see of him in our life. So there are many religions in the world that like the idea of Jesus, but they don't claim him as Lord and Savior. Jesus is telling us through this story that just believing that Jesus is good is not enough. I will have to make that bold step in allowing Jesus to be Savior and Lord of my life to inherit this eternal life. So the rich young ruler came with boastful claims of self-righteousness, and I have totally done the same. God, I went to church three times this week. God, I graduated from Bible school, and I don't know if you saw this, God, but uh, I gave an extra five dollars in the offering this week. But Jesus told him, just like Jesus told me, that's not enough. Jesus is telling me the same thing today. It's not enough to just be good by worldly standards. It's not enough to just do good. Even then, how does the world outside of Christ even begin to judge what is good? The reason we can be a standard of good is because we have a standard, and that standard is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We can say that God is good because we can look into his word. His word tells us he's good. And it says that in Numbers 23, 19, that God's not a man that he should lie. He doesn't lie. He doesn't change. Isaiah 59, 19 says, So shall they fear the Lord, the name of the Lord, from the west, and his glory from the rising sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So when the enemy comes in like a flood in my life, in the past, when I've experienced um, certain maybe health issues or a tragedy strikes in my family or someone dies unexpectedly, when the enemy comes in like a flood, when it seems so overwhelming, I can't think straight, I can't act uh, like I normally would, and everything's just going crazy around me, the Spirit of the Lord in me, these fruit of the Spirit, this goodness of God that's already in me, that's imparted from my Father, can lift up this standard against the enemy. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord 
will lift up a standard against him. Now I can lift up this standard. I can look at in my thoughts when they come. Is this good or is this God? I can see what is God in my life, in my actions, in my words, in my choices. Or I can say, is that God or is it just good? The Spirit of the Lord in me will lift me to that standard. The more I develop in my relationship with the Lord, not just being satisfied with calling Jesus a good man, the more that the fruit of the Spirit that were imparted to me, these fruit of the Spirit that were imparted to me at the new birth, will be the standard that I live by. Because I know this standard, I know that He has my best interest at heart. I know I can trust Him. And I don't let that tough times, hard times in life try to tell me whether God is good or not. God is the standard of good in my life. It says again in Psalms 34, 8, Taste and see that the Lord is good. When you taste the goodness of God, when you experience His goodness, in good times or bad times, there's nothing like it. There's nothing that will satisfy like the goodness of God, like the goodness of His presence. In Psalm 63, it says, that we would be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And just like your most favorite meal that you would have, ooh, the Lord satisfies like nothing else. His goodness is so satisfying. It's like the richest food you could ever taste. So the Lord is our standard of what goodness is. We're able to lift up that standard and say, if this brings death, it's not from God. If it brings life, it is from God. So as I know his word, as I know him, I can take these scriptures and I can lift them up in times of hardship, in times of prosperity. And I can say, if these thoughts, actions, or words that are coming out of my mouth, coming out of my life, they don't produce life, then I know they're not from God. If they are producing life, then I know that they're from him. And that's such a incredible thing to have, to have a standard. The reason why we're able to be a standard in the earth is because we have a standard that is found in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of Words in Season. I'm your host, Kara Marie Morris, and I hope that you'll come back and join me next Thursday for a new episode.